Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And today we have a guest with us. Let's welcome to the podcast studio, Ariel Dundas. Hey! Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you've got a pick for us. Yeah, I picked uh, my best friend's wedding. Oh, hey! hey. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this has been on our radar for a while. It's not yeah. out of left field. This soundtrack specifically was like kind of important to me oh, <laughs> growing tell. up. Do I feel tell. like it was like, in hindsight, it was so misguided. But I was like, that's a popular <laughs> movie and I want to be cool. So I'll get this soundtrack and that will make me cool. And uh, spoiler alert, it did not work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Was this on CD when you, yes, when you bought this? Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Walking around with the Walkman and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys want to listen? <laughs> this is definitely a soundtrack that, uh, that I hear people referring to a lot from you know from their past from their youth i don't know how it ranks on like the cool soundtracks of the <laughs> 90s but i guess we'll find out as we jump in maybe we should jump into the first track yeah a lot of covers on this soundtrack so uh, strap in everybody let's hear track one this is diana king with i say a little prayer Is this the original? Or? It's our first cover. Can you believe that? Oh, man. I couldn't tell. It's a Dion Warwick cover. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh. And she I mean, wrote most, of, or she sang most of the songs on this in a way at some point? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the songs on the soundtrack have been recorded by a ton of artists, but I think that she's probably the most notable for half of them. Maybe another, I think Dusty Springfield recorded a lot of them as well. But uh, nice. yeah, this is Diana King, I think we had on the Bad Boys soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, her song Shy Guy, yeah. which is uh, it's a jam. <laughs> it's yeah. a jam. Now, how do you guys feel about the reggae mix of this song? <laughs> there was also a dance mix that they also released at the same time, but we get the pleasure of hearing the reggae mix on this soundtrack. <laughs> it's the second credit song, but I don't remember them ever doing anything else with this song in the movie. Is that- <laughs> Second credit song. We right. should say, okay, when people think about this movie, I think that this is a song that they think about. Uh, maybe not this version. Some of this instrumentation is like a little distracting. <laughs> There's some like boings. They definitely, they reference it, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll we'll hear some more later in this episode, but... Uh, it's very... Uh, yeah, they use, I mean, we're, there's a there's another version that we'll see, uh, and they go they go full Mamma Mia on this one. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh yes, <laughs> and uh, Diana King. Maybe we'll hear from in the future. I know that she had a uh, cover of "Stir It Up," which was her first release that was on the soundtrack for Cool Runnings. Yeah. So is she just famous for uh, reggae covers. Is that sort of the deal? Just reggae it up a bit. Yeah. Jamaican artist. She's got some original music, but uh, yeah. Handful of covers in there. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. I feel like she has the vocal chops, but the it's just like the weird uh, overproduced 90s reggae aesthetic for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, and for, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Was this second wave reggae, do you think? No, no. This is like maybe three and a half or four. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is such a great... The original song is such a great song. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 
There's like, I guess, spoiler alert, there is a cast recording uh, coming up later in this episode that I, you know, very rarely will I say that that's maybe the version that I prefer over like the studio <laughs> version. But, uh, you know, you guys, we'll make that decision when we get to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't wait. And um, did uh, everyone rewatch uh, the movie for yeah. this episode? Yeah. It's fresh on the mind. I did. I did. This is the, actually the first time I ever. I <laughs> confused this movie with Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've seen this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like 30 minutes in, I was like, I have not seen this <laughs> The other Julia Roberts wedding sabotage vehicle. <laughs> yes. I yeah. think it's like the uh, the man with no name, like the, the Clint Eastwood films where it's the trilogy. I think it's this and Runaway Bride and Notting Hill. I think yeah. that's the three where maybe it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how familiar are you with this movie? Have you seen it quite I, a bit? I watched it a couple. I remember the first time I watched it, I, I, I cried because I was so, so <laughs> It's okay. Hey, it's okay. Here's some water. It's yeah. <laughs> emotional, yeah. I mean, I, got, I mean, like... It, watching it back, it's ridiculous, the, the whole premise. Like, the fact that they had the wedding pact for 28. 28. Oh, yeah. No. It's uh, <laughs> a like, wild age. The disgusting age. age of 28, if we're, like, unmarried by then, in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we'll, we'll have to marry each other. Um I, I remember the ending. I remember very specifically my mom telling me that originally, I don't know, spoiler end, alert for the ending. Go for um, it. She like dances with her gay editor, mm-hmm. but apparently in the original cut of the movie, she like met a guy at the wedding. Oh, interesting. But people were like, who's that dude? <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to see that ending. Yeah, it makes more sense than just yeah. like, I guess she, she has, she still has a friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We got a long way to go. (laughs) So, uh, when you bought the soundtrack when you were young, was it after watching the film? I think I bought the soundtrack first. Okay. And I think I bought the soundtrack to Runaway Bride at like the same time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How was that soundtrack? (laughs) It was also wild. Also wild. (laughs) I'll put it on my list. (laughs) All right. Let's jump into maybe the second track. Let's hear some track two. This is Annie DeFranco with Wishing and Hoping. Wishing and hoping and thinking and praying, planning and dreaming each night of his charms that won't get you into his arms. So if you're looking to find love, you can share. All you gotta do is hold it. Caleb, is that a uh, is that a cover? That is a cover. Nick. That is a cover. Um, it was funny when I watched the movie. This is like the opening credit scene where it's like a little bit of a dance number with uh, people that aren't in the film. <laughs> yeah, which I kind of like, but it you know it's uh, I guess making fun of like the I guess the idea of this film is that it's a '90s take on a romantic comedy mm-hmm. because I guess uh, the big twist is that the. That you've been following the villain the whole time. <laughs> uh, but so this is like a little bit of a, a like a thumbing its nose at like this old version of like uh, courting a man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this so this is I know this isn't the Dusty Springfield version, but I was like, this can't be Annie DeFranco singing this. And it is. Yeah. This is a little fair. Uh, 
Annie DeFranco is not an artist that I like followed very much, but I feel like this is like maybe even a little bit early in her career. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. She started her own record label when she was 19, where she's released all of her music since then, which I think is kind of cool. Nice. And uh, the song is written by Hal David and Burt Bacharach, who oh. we may hear from extensively. <laughs> I think they, they wrote the first song, too, right? Or I think the first song was also Burt. Yeah, I think it's it's almost Burt all the way down. All Burt? All Burt. He's I'm, such a great songwriter. Yeah, yeah, also extremely cool in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> That, is, that was his heyday. That was his heyday. That is, I don't, I don't know much about the screenwriter of this film or the director, but uh, it does seem to like the soundtrack is like an attempt to update these old songs, and they're like by '90s artists for the most part. Um, but the characters in the movie seem to be when they talk about music, it's like not music that they should be talking about. They're like probably twenty years too young for it. Yeah, it's even. Like even uh, Francis from Malcolm in the Middle, who uh, makes an appearance, Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris Masterson, when they're like inhaling helium and singing, they sing Annie by John yeah, Denver. John Denver and I was like, these kids know the John, like they all knew it together. They knew it in excellent harmony. Yeah, it was bizarre. I was like, why are they singing that song? I had to look it up. This is like, yeah, some sort of rom-com magical realism yeah. where everybody's like uh 30 years younger than they should be. It's like a reverse Gatsby where like it's in the present but they're listening (laughs) to past music. (laughs) Oh man. This uh, this opening number um, there's a woman in a wedding dress and like three bridesmaids I guess and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a choreographed dance but um, I've heard on the the IMDB trivia that that was the same dress Rachel Green wore in Friends. Oh really? Same wedding dress. Uh-huh. Her, I guess it was like in the pilot episode. She shows up like um, she is. She's a runaway bride herself. Yes. So uh, I think it's. I don't know if it's the exact same style or the exact same dress, but it would make sense if it was just hanging on the studio lot or something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene. It, I think it's. It's not fair to ding it for this because it's definitely like I think harkening back to the same thing as. But it's the SNL sketch where Kristen is like the Lawrence Welk show. And Kristen Wiig comes out with like the tiny hands and the big forehead oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like the weird singing numbers. <laughs> they look very like Stepford Wifey, I think, yeah. in the in the beginning. And I think it's a it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed yeah. to be a, a parody of like, oh, look at this happy bride, you know, like everything's perfect and all our friends are there to support her and stuff. I don't know about this movie, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we hear some of track three? I think yeah, so. Yeah. This is Jan Arden with You Don't Know Me. Definitely our first time hearing from uh, Jan Arden. This is a song made for the soundtrack, um, but it's uh, it's a cover from 1956 by Cindy Walker, and it's been covered by way too many people, including Kenny Rogers, Michael McDonald, Emmylou Harris, and uh, John Legend in the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode <laughs> called The Bar Mitzvah, yeah, yeah. you might remember. A classic but, episode. I don't know. The, <laughs> just the production on that song just screams like 90s ballad to me, yeah. movie ballad. Yeah. yeah. This is um, playing during the airport scene where we first see Dermot Mulroney and Cameron Diaz later. 
But mm-hmm. um, this is the introduction to the best friend, I guess. Is Julia Roberts the villain? What do we think? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> There's probably two villains. And yeah. that I think that uh, the other best friend is also... like. <laughs> crosses so many lines um yeah i mean there's kind of like you know george the other best friend (laughs) no no dylan dylan mcdermott oh oh, yeah yeah, yeah, you know the the groom his expectations of cameron diaz are wild who is 20 in the script (laughs) which includes like yeah drop out of college to marry me and travel around with me after knowing you for like a couple of months, yeah, like a yeah. Of two months. months. And he's like a he's like a baseball writer or something. So that's like you're not like traveling to Europe or whatever. You're like bouncing <laughs> from fucking St. Louis to Milwaukee, crappy hotels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not a desirable lifestyle. <laughs> and her fucking dad owns the White Sox. He owns yeah. the White Sox and cable cable television. <laughs> yeah, it's love, wild. I love that. That's like points off for Cameron Diaz. Like. Ah, she's 20, she's gorgeous, but her dad's a billionaire. <laughs> He's going to make me do things. Uh, yeah, th- this movie, one of, the, one of the crazy things about all 90s rom-coms is that the jobs that everybody has, and it's like they're always writers of some mm-hmm. sort because, you know, these movies are written by writers and they can only imagine one thing. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm a food writer and I'm fabulous and like rich, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm a sports writer. I'm not rich, but I'm marrying a billionaire (laughs) (laughs) also like a sports journalist is like an admirable admirable job but it was like you'll never think my job is good enough (laughs) that was was a pretty good job i don't know i'm famous but like (laughs) i get to be on television cameron diaz's character is uh in architecture school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. architect is a Mm -hmm. is a classic like hip pocket go-to i think for a lot of writers as well it's like (laughs) Well, I can't have a third it's a, writer. Yeah. <laughs> architect? It was like a uh, fucking George from Seinfeld, right? No. He liked to lie about being an architect yeah. or a marine <laughs> biologist because he was like... Uh, yeah, so this this song, I think of this song as being a Ray Charles song. The, Definitely the best version yeah. by Ray Charles. This version, how did you feel about it as a kid? <laughs> I think I liked it. I mean, I also want to be. I the, this soundtrack is how I learned about all of these songs. So like the fact that people would be like, "No, that's like a Ray Charles song." I'd be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the original. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, yeah, I mean, that's one of the great things about '90s soundtracks is that you know we all got them when we were kids, and like I remember, I think for me it was like the Crow soundtrack. Which was like a huge one for me, mm. and then uh, years later, I was like, rat on that too. I was like, oh yeah, that Nine Inch Nails song. They're like, ah, it's Joy Division, and it's like it was almost all covers. And you're right. like, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I think when I first saw this movie, I probably I recognized some of these songs as like old songs. Not as much as the people in the movie mm-hmm. who are, know all the lyrics. I'm just scared for kids these days that like hear Weezer's version of Africa and they're going to think that that's the original. <laughs> and when they hear Toto's, they're going to be like, oh, Toto like, totally ripped off Weezer. <laughs> well, the way the bands are just like straight up covering songs now, I don't even know if Shazam can tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like <laughs> oh my God, yeah. It's just verbatim. It's yeah. verbatim. The chart is like there. <laughs> the music sound wave is identical. Yeah. Now, how old were we talking about when you bought this? I was probably 10. Okay. So oh, yeah. Okay. Third grade, fourth grade, somewhere yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what I was listening to when I was 10. 
fourth grade for me. Boys a lot of men. A lot of corn. A lot of corn. <laughs> oh, <no>. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was uh, like I think a lot of my classmates at the same time were very into like uh, Gangsters Paradise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had that album. Yeah. yeah. It was the first album I ever bought. Which like again, so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know it's because it's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer has the chair backwards. That's how you know it's fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> what happened to Coolio? Where is Coolio now? He's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah doing, he's doing okay. I think yeah. I saw some footage of him when icing was a thing. Do you remember? Like you hand somebody a Smirnoff ice. Yeah, you got to like, drink it. He was like playing some. <laughs> yeah, you got to drink it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you take a knee and you have to pound it. Um, he was doing some like fraternity party and they were like, we iced Coolio. And, uh, <laughs> but he still has the same like mickey mouse ear dreads but uh he keeps balding so they're getting like further oh, yeah. back on oh, no. <laughs> they're more like goofy ears now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> back. the icing trend that was always like a weird double-edged sword because on one half it's it's like keeping like a brand relevant but like the the payoff is that it's a punishment to make somebody <laughs> drink a smirnoff ice <laughs> so if you were like the social media manager at smirnoff ice you're probably like yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're just like we don't know how this became a thing but keep doing nothing <laughs> like, yeah, we don't yeah, want to jinx it we don't want to <laughs> do too much we don't want to zima the situation <laughs> that's for a different podcast <laughs> you guys want to hear track four yes Please. Yeah. this is the exciters with tell him I did come across uh, Kenny Loggins' uh, version of uh, this song called Tell Her, which yeah. is actually the original <laughs> title. It's uh, very, very ridiculous. Oh, man. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah. So the this is one of, the, yeah. one of the few kind of original versions, or at least uh, the classic versions of songs on the soundtrack. And it's a Queens uh, girl group. It sounds great. I think it's kind of funny to think about the New York sound sounding like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like, I am from New York. And it's like, <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Billboard magazine named uh, the Exciters version number 95 on their list of 100 greatest uh, girl group songs of all time. Yeah. The song's great. Yeah. yeah. The song's really good. I, did it appear in the movie? I can't remember. I do not know. Okay. It might have just uh, been slipped by me. too yeah. perfect to not put on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that if it was in the movie it would have been like uh, fucking Cheryl Crow singing it or something. <laughs> um, but, I was missing Cheryl Crow while watching this movie. Yeah. I was like, how is she not in, have a song in this movie? That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of Canadian, isn't she Canadian? There's a lot of Canadian artists on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get into it. But uh, I like this song quite a bit. I love um, even like a very dated relationship song that's giving clear advice. Mm -hmm. It's something that doesn't happen enough anymore. Well, George gives this advice to Julia Roberts' character. Yes. Uh, talk, should we talk about George? Let's talk about George. George it's is great. Be. George is the best part of the movie. Yeah, the yeah. hero of the film. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, I think that there was a little bit of a, a tendency. It was a, kind of the first time where there were like gay characters mm -hmm. were allowed to be in movies, but they were kind of relegated to... Uh, 
best yeah, friend status similar something. to like kind of a beggar vance situation like a magical yeah. gay best friend who mm-hmm. gives you like the uh, what is the uh <laughs> you know jiminy cricket it's like <laughs> a jiminy cricket you know? oh, yeah and uh that, that's like a bummer to see i think we're you know one of the nice things about uh culture now i think we're starting to finally get some film some television where you know people non-binary people can be like the main character yeah. in the love story and that's great but that being said as a criticism uh yeah george is great he's the only person uh, cameron uses characters like <laughs> she's supposed to be 20 so like when she does something crazy it's forgivable she's like kind of a good person right yeah. uh but george is awesome yeah he's oh. like the only other person who seems to understand that other people have feelings <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I you know his taste for friends is maybe a little bit <laughs> oh, questionable man. i mean on paper if you look at like the series of actions that julia roberts did in this movie <laughs> it doesn't look great uh dermot mulroney again is not without fault <laughs> like very quick in the movie when they're trying on dresses and Dermot just walks into the dressing room and he's like, Hey, I've seen you naked before, so it doesn't count, right? You look great, by the way. I'm going to go talk to my fiance. <laughs> oh my like, God. The lines being crossed in this film. Yeah. I was <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Before, yeah. before we start recording, I was referring to this uh, movie as the Joker for women. <laughs> so you're like, you're like rooting for the villain, but the whole time you're like, Ooh, yeah, don't do that. Uh, well, that's what society will do to you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel she's self-admitted that she knows, like, I know I'm doing things that are not nice. Right. But, but she's still doing them, which makes it worse. I don't know. Or better. <laughs> <laughs> the email thing, that, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah the email thing. I think that the notion of the film, at least whoever was writing it, is that it's somebody who, because the tone of the film is, like, weirdly kind of madcap, like, early mm-hmm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, in rewatching where it's a lot of like musical numbers and like the score is out, like outrageous and people are kind of like running chasing each other around physically yeah uh but i think it's like the idea of she you know her character grew up in the age of like romantic comedies where you go after and you you know it's like the graduate you ruin the wedding yeah and you take the selfish step and at the end you're the hero and it's like uh Maybe she's been poisoned by society, and just like the Joker, I'm sticking with this. <laughs> Keep bringing it back to the Joker. I did read that um, "Tell Him" was composed by Burt Burns, who used the pen name uh, Burt Russell. Nice. <laughs> nice. So there's that. I'll just leave that there. So much Burt. So much Burt. So much Burt. You guys want to hear track five? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Yeah. This is Nikki Holland with "I Just Don't Know What to Do with Myself." I just don't know what to do with myself I just don't know what to do with myself Baby, if your new love ever turns you down Yeah, we should say that also all these old pop songs are giving terrible advice. <laughs> as far as they're, you know, maybe I don't know if it's intentional or if it's just supposed to be kind of plucking at nostalgia, but all these songs are kind of egging on the main character to mm-hmm. do all the terrible things that she's going to do. Tell him, 
Tell him. <laughs> Just whispering in her ear. It's another Burt Backrack Hal David song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that this you is can another. Believe that. Dusty Springfield, I think, does like the definitive version. Of all the covers, I don't, I don't hate this one. There is a tendency, the '90s tendency, to throw in these like strings and everything that I find like really distracting. There's a lot of strings in this movie. The score is filled mm. with strings. You yeah. love strings. I love strings. <laughs> strings guy. <laughs> uh, strings. This is, of course, the iconic karaoke scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Diaz uh, is asked not to sing, and then it's what is it? Julie Roberts, like evil plan to yeah, like yeah. trying to sing. humiliate her yeah, yeah you know how how men usually dump their fiancés when they're not good at karaoke <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> oh my god yeah this yeah. is <laughs> what, what is the plan what is the plan if if he gets fired and if i, if I make him lose his job and he sees that his wife is bad at karaoke <laughs> Then I'll be mine. Yeah. I have to say that this is kind of the way that they do this scene where Cameron Diaz is like forced to sing the song and she's not a good singer and she's like visibly very anxious and mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But that, she like, that's me doing karaoke, yeah, yeah. by the way. One hundred percent. But she wins over the crowd in like a very kind of realistic way. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is <laughs> I should say that the crowd this is in Chicago. I haven't spend much time in chicago but they start heckling her like yeah. a few bars in which is a little bit brutal <laughs> some rough and tough karaoke <laughs> oh, man, chicago, scarred man. for life yeah. maybe it's because she's underage and she's in a bar but uh <laughs> oh, I think yeah. That, yeah drinking uh amstel lights come on <laughs> i did think that it was uh it was well done in the way that she kind of turned it around without i think there would be a temptation to be like uh it turns out she's a great singer or mm-hmm. something and it'd be like hey fuck you julia roberts but it was kind of more like it was showing that she was willing to like put herself out there and do right. something she didn't want to do to like make everybody happy mm-hmm. um, which ac- is what you want in a wife <laughs> i guess <laughs> she actually sang there they didn't uh shocker they didn't dub anything over for this uh karaoke scene mm-hmm. but um in the movie shrek Cameron Diaz's character, Princess Fiona. Fiona. Uh, she's a bad singer in one thing, uh, at like one part of it, oh, and yeah. she sings and like a, a bird, you know, dies or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was under the impression they like had her sing, and they were like, ah, let's bring in like a professional bad singer. And so she didn't know that they went with the uh, professional until afterwards, and she was doing like some um, uh, whatever you call it, like interview talk back or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, or, or a, a promotional thing. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, like what I did, I just sang like a really bad note, and I hit it really hard, and they were like, we've heard that it wasn't you. And she was like, what? <laughs> no. Telling people the entire time that was me. I had no idea. They didn't even tell her. But How are you guys feeling about track six? Uh, I don't know. Play it first. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is uh, Amanda Marshall with I'll Be Okay. All right. Amanda Marshall, you may remember her song Believe in You on the direct-to-video film Kermit's Swamp Years. (laughs) Kermit's Swamp Years? Kermit's Swamp Years. You heard that right. (laughs) 
<laughs> I assume it's a Muppet spinoff. I could have sworn we did an episode about yeah. Kermit Swamp Years. Kermit Swamp Years. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of something else. Kermit Mulroney. <laughs> huh? How about that, guys? Right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Amanda Marshall, Canadian singer-songwriter. She also had a song on the soundtrack to The Replacements. Oh, nice. Starring Keanu Reeves. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. That would be pretty fun. This is uh, This seems like mega church, fake gospel. Mm. Um, as a kid, how did you react to the? Was this a skip, or were you into it? I, I, there were no skips. It was no skips. <laughs> no skips. <laughs> Tens across the board. Yeah, well, you had one of those CD players. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the G-Shock protection is going strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I, I thought this was sort of. I mean, it was because I was obviously not in any relationships or anything, but this was sort of like a model for. <laughs> what you do after a breakup which may explain a lot of stuff about my adult life i don't know <laughs> but yeah uh no so it wasn't a skip it, like now it is i think objectively not good and have you gone back and revisited this soundtrack in I your lis- adult life or? i listened to it like to prepare for today and it was like wow <laughs> yeah this is pretty I saw a bunch of YouTube comments on this song that were like, you know, very heartfelt. Yeah. You know, it was like, uh, there was a guy on there that was like, my wife just passed away. This yeah. song like helped me get through, you know, that. Oh, shit. That's yeah. mega church. That's yeah. mega church stuff. So yeah. Joel, Joel Osteen wrote that comment. So little connection. Yeah, Joel. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney is also in Practical Magic, oh, yeah. uh, a movie we did uh, not too long ago. And uh, that had some really heart... Like, I think that hit a lot of people. The soundtrack mm-hmm. um, hit a lot of people the same way this might have. So, mm-hmm. a lot of YouTube comments on both uh, songs. That <laughs> yeah, a lot of five-star Amazon reviews. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like, my wedding went to shit. And, um, <laughs> it saved me. It saved me. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Wait, was this is this is like one of the credit songs? Is this is it? the first credit song. It goes yeah. instantly after she's dancing with George, mm-hmm. or, or you know the cell phone. Like, <laughs> hey, cell phones are a thing. Oh, no, oh, the cell phones—they're so big, <laughs> so big. I want one. Motorola flip cell phones. Mm. Uh, but George has. She's also inviting people to the wedding. You know, which is mm. that's a big no-no. Um, I mean, <laughs> honestly, do you think? I don't know if I would have stuck around. No. Oh, we're gonna get into some like. There's line stepping after she like like realizes that she fucked up, and she's like, "This, you know, my best friend's getting married, and I'm gonna like help him however I can." She still does a lot of things that are completely fucked up that the filmmakers definitely didn't realize were fucked up, and we're gonna get into that. Yeah. Um, But they have that like throwdown in the bathroom at the uh, Chicago White Sox. (laughs) White Sox (laughs) (laughs) which I always love when uh, like a crowd gets involved. I think that's actually really funny when they're like, "You tell them." Yeah, they're like, "Let's hear it out." (laughs) Let's like, who's the bad guy here? Um, But in that point, Cameron Diaz would have been like. Thank you for your apology. I would like uh, for you to remove yourself from this situation, please. Right. Like, how could she still be around that person? <laughs> if you could 
just do me a favor and go back to New York and just never come back. And how could Julie Roberts not have like the shame to like not do that? I would have been on a plane and just flown anywhere. Like take me away from Chicago, please. Also, this wedding, it's it's so long. It's a four day long on a Sunday? A month long engagement for a four day wedding. It's insane. So stressful. That's that's the that's the White Sox way. The great Sox way. Classic Chicago way. Wealthy families in Chicago, they do a traditional Indian wedding. It's just the way, you know, New York, we don't do it that the, way. The karaoke was Sankeet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nikki, what do we got next? You guys want to hear some of track seven? Let's yes. do it. This is Tony Bennett with The Way You Look Tonight. Someday When I'm awfully low When the world is cold I will feel a glow Just thinking of you And the way you look tonight Tony Bennett is still kicking it today at mm-hmm. age 95. Yeah, man. And uh, that song won the best original song you may remember in 1936. <laughs> ah, of course. What a wonderful year. And uh, <laughs> Phil Collins has a uh, live cover of this song, which uh, I certainly do not recommend. <laughs> but uh, so many covers of this song as well. Oh, hundreds, yeah. thousands. Well, I thought Sinatra for sure. I mean, I know he did oh, exclusively sure. covers, but I feel like, yeah. is the Sinatra version the most famous version mm. of this? No, no. I think it's yeah. a Tony Bennett song because oh, okay. this is, he did it for, like I said, it was a movie Swing Time that yeah. was okay. uh, won the Oscar. I don't think this is, this is definitely like a 90s version of Tony doing it. So this is the song uh, when there's <laughs> Julia Roberts and what is it, uh, Jules and George? It comes out. George is like uh, Cameron Diaz. Like we, we have oh, no Michael. We, Michael. Oh, was it Michael? Sorry. George okay. is the oh, okay. is the British friend. So Michael's like, <laughs> Rupert, uh, yeah. we don't even have a song, and it's like, well, you know, we have a song. She's trying to fuck everything up, <laughs> and it's like their oh, man, <laughs> their song. This is their song. This is my parents <laughs> would never listen to this song. Yeah. This my grand, like grandparents, grandparents she's, she's uh, two generations removed from it. We're it's like, four. Who the it's, fuck it's, are these it's people? It's completely anachronistic. They also dated for a month freshman <laughs> Yeah, in college. <laughs> yeah, they had a hot, hot month, <laughs> yeah, as right. they referred to it. They're going to school in, like, I don't know. Brown? Brown. Brown. Listening to fucking Tony Bennett. Dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> this movie our professors left behind a record this was a changed my life tony bennett changed my life there's no spotify man somebody would have to have the tape yeah yeah, yeah. uh but so we're we're talking about the the line stepping the habitual line stepping of julia roberts's character which is after she comes out and uh professes her love and then admits to all the fucking dastardly shit she was doing Mm -hmm. and then realizes that she is in the wrong and she still goes to the wedding. <laughs> she surprises the bride and groom uh, by getting the band to sing the song that was their special song. Yeah, yeah you guys don't have one yet, so you can borrow our own song. <laughs> Which is like very much in line with all the shit she's been doing the whole movie. She's a monster. <laughs> I don't think she's learned anything. No, man. Yeah, no, like... But she's adorable. <laughs> yeah, you can keep your song. <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's probably like, I don't even remember this fucking song. <laughs> or like, the song that reminds me of you, I can now have yeah. for my current wife. Like, Cameron Diaz is just like, grabbing his leg under the table, like, <laughs> Like, stealing the bread van at the wedding was enough to be like, what is happening? If you're, if you're like a random person at that table, and she was like, this was our song, but you guys can have it, I would be like, Honey, what the hell? <laughs> Who is this person? I was just waiting for Cameron Diaz's character to pull the uh, move of her character, uh, Julie Gianni from Vanilla Sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. This whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Get in the car. In the car. <laughs> let's, go for a, let's go for a drive. Go for a drive. Yeah. Your body made a promise. Uh, <laughs> Check out our Vanilla Sky episode. <laughs> there is one thing that this movie does that I think is kind of refreshing is it. Like every other version of this movie, Cameron Diaz's family would like realize at the end that uh, Julia Roberts has been fucking everything up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would be like a lot of people like, what? You know, it'd be like, you know, all these different interactions. But the fact that through the whole thing, it's kind of like kept from everybody that the bride and groom like take off. And so when it comes to the actual wedding, like nobody else realizes all the fucked up shit that's been happening. They're gone for hours and no yeah, one yeah. knows. Like. Well, because that woman tried to. <laughs> <laughs> she licked the ice sculpture what on did the penis. She do, Ariel? <laughs> <laughs> Explain it in detail. Please. Let's unpack that. <laughs> it's definitely present. So she gets her tongue stuck to the penis of an ice ice sculpture and it's definitely not presented as like she was doing like a joke right, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like presented as like she's so slutty that she saw an ice sculpture of a dick and she was like well I have to put that it's like the move my- a, a cartoon would do <laughs> like <laughs> It was uh, Rachel Griffiths, who mm-hmm. uh, she was in Six Feet Under yeah, and yeah. Muriel's Wedding, which uh, is an amazing movie. And then the other um, bridesmaids I remember from uh, True Blood, so like a lot of HBO cast. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're kind of like the butts of jokes, but they're some of the best like backup singers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you, you want those people at a wedding? Yeah, yeah they're yeah, like, sure. you know, I don't know what happened to the ice sculpture. <laughs> I wasn't there. I think a hair dryer solved the situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But everything else is like they're they're making every scene better. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we have next? Let's hear some of track number eight. This is Jackie DeShannon with "What the World Needs Now Is Love." I, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another all right, we've got our, I don't know, fourth or fifth Bacharach Hal David song <laughs> Ladies from and 1965. Bacharach, again, again. <laughs> this was originally offered to uh, Dionne Warwick, who uh, turned it down because she felt that it was uh, a little too country and a little too preachy. Mm. Though she later recorded it for her album, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here Where There Is Love. Yeah, this is like the classic version. I don't know if she was the first person to record it, but this is a great song, amazing Mm -hmm. song. This was in Austin Powers. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the production's for me a little florid in places. It kind of feels like a musical. What does florid mean? (laughs) It's like uh, people throwing flowers in your face. Ah, yes. Take it. (laughs) You may remember this song as well in Forrest Gump, Happy Gilmore. 
I think it was also featured on one of those Starbucks CDs that you could buy. There's an <laughs> there's an Amy Mann cover on oh, one wow. of those stupid coffee house CDs. <laughs> I love Amy Mann. Yeah, yeah I would I listen to that it, cover. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love this song quite a bit. This was playing during <laughs> actually a pretty good scene during like the it's like a triple chase when. Uh, what is it? It's Cameron Diaz is fleeing, and then Dermot Mulroney is chasing her, and then Julia Roberts is chasing him. Yeah. Right. And then she's looking, like, trying to unlock cars to steal one <laughs> to chase down the groom who is chasing down the bride. Right. And that it, move alone. <laughs> and it's it doesn't, like, occur to her until she talks to George that maybe, like, it's time to give up. Yeah, maybe just... <laughs> Maybe just go home, man. Like, she could have killed somebody. <laughs> like, she really could have. She's flooring it in a in a van. I, I, I maybe she has her CDL license. I don't know, but like uh, doubtful. I can't imagine she's good at that van. And Driving like, a bread truck. Yeah. Oh, and like that, okay, again, she looks, she looks great doing it. She looks great doing it. She's still making the deliveries. <laughs> but like, yeah, she's on the phone with George, and he's like, "You need to calm down." <laughs> But that that move alone would get me banned from any wedding. Yeah, uh, she talks to George in a lot of weddings. So this is like flying tomorrow, in the face man. of like a lot of your strategy for like how to conduct yourself. Yes, yes. George is at like a New York like book club when he's on the phone. It's a Harry Shearer, Harry Shearer, Harry Shearer book client, club, like yeah. doing the reading. Yeah. Um, George, I have like kind of a shadow theory that um, <laughs> that George is maybe not Julia Roberts's best friend. I think that maybe she is his like most like lucrative writer because mm. he's he's her editor. He's her editor, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, it's a '90s. It's like uh, like you know, maybe she's like a huge like food critic that uh, moves a lot of copies, and mm. he's like, I gotta fucking. <laughs> yeah. She's the only client I have that's making me any money. Yeah, I mean, you saw the reaction at the restaurant at the very beginning. They're all like staring in the oh, window. Yeah. <laughs> they mark her like order ticket with VIP. Yeah, yeah. some ratatouille <laughs> shit going she on. She says two words, and they're all like, "Yeah." <laughs> she gives a review out loud. <laughs> what was her review again? Uh, it's like daring. Uh, yeah, daring and courageous and enjoyable or something. Yeah. Like, it, not even like they were both pretty obtuse words. I thought for food, <laughs> it was like uh, daring and like adventurous, adventurous. Or and yeah. they're like, oh, thank God, <laughs> food critics, huh? Food critics, <laughs> guys. It looks like we're coming up on a break. Nice. Mm. Oh, good. So, we do have a game after the break. I think uh, Chris put together a game for us. I did. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episode, we are going to uh, add a song to the Tracklisting Spotify playlist, uh, one of our favorite karaoke songs. Yeah. So, stay tuned. Stick with us. Welcome back to the soundtrack for my best friend's wedding. But before we get back to the soundtrack, we have another edition of Tinsel Town Tunes. All right, <laughs> hot mics tonight. <laughs> that's right, Nick. I've I think got- I see Christopher Darden over there. That's right, yeah, that's me. It's me. Uh, I've got a, an edition of Tinsel Town Tunes for you guys, where I'm going to play a clip of an actor singing, and uh, you guys are going to have to guess the actor 
and the movie it's from. Mm. Pretty yeah. self-explanatory. I think I understand. Do you I'm, pretty, guys, I'm pretty bad at this Do you game. see? <laughs> Historically, <laughs> I'm pretty bad at it. Um, if you think you know the answer, maybe sort of raise your hand and give the other people a chance to guess. But other than that, that's about it. This right. first round is a bit of a practice, depending on if you guys get it or not. <laughs> uh, but let's jump right into it with clue number one. Space goes down, down, baby, down, down the roller coaster. Sweet, sweet, baby, sweet, sweet, don't let me go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bop, shimmy, shimmy, rock. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bop, shimmy, shimmy, rock. I'm at a girlfriend, a trisket. She said a trisket, a biscuit, ice cream, soda, pop, no, Who's your leader? What? Yeah, I think I know this one. Should be pretty easy. Maybe. I don't think I could name both actors. <laughs> yeah. I'm only looking for the main actor. You, you get okay, a little right. accompaniment at the end. What do we think, guys? I think that I'm, might be. Do you, do you recognize the voice? I'm definitely, like, totally blanking. Okay. So. I think that might be Tom Hanks. In the movie Big. Big. In the movie Big. Hey! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good job. Big. Okay. That right, was a good warm up. That was mm-hmm. a bit of a warm up. All right, right. A bit of a warm up. Um, we'll see how you guys deal with clue number two. Here's clue two. I dream of genie with a light brown hair Floating like a vapor on the soft summer air Look out, Camp Town Racers sing this song Doo-dah, doo-dah, Camp Town Racetrack five miles long Oh, doo-dah day, wind run all night, wind run all day Bet my money on the bobtail nag. Somebody bet on the pay, 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 pay. Way <laughs> down upon the that clue really plays out. I think I've got the actor. I'm not sure the film, but I could make a wild guess. How, how are I, you guys feeling? I think I have both. Okay. Ariel? <laughs> I think I'm. I could make a guess on the actor. But it's All right, uh, Nikki, wrong. who do you think the... Or, no, let's start with, what is your guess? <laughs> We're going to start from the least share and work our way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> I do not believe it's Dan Aykroyd. It is not Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> uh, Minus Nikki, a thousand Nikki, who points. who do you think that the, the actor is? I think that is uh, the America's national treasure, Eugene Levy. Uh, I think that this actually can Canada's... National Treasure. Oh, okay. oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Minus a thousand points for Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Eugene Levy. Okay. It is Eugene Levy. I think the Good. film is Waiting for Guffman. Mm. It is Waiting for Guffman. Eugene Levy. Woo! Points all, right. all around. Good job. Good job. That's Great his movie. audition piece. Tepid applause. Tepid applause <laughs> all around. <laughs> Crowd goes mild. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for an even harder clue? Okay. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready for clue three. All right. Here we go. It's called Travis. And it goes like this. Oh, who's this gent with the shiny windbreaker who just walked into the place? Three wheeling basket, banana pudding kid with a handsome face. Hearted, we high scoring warrior. I think Any I might idea? have a guess on the actor. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody? I, I could say in there. <laughs> I'm pretty lost on it. I don't know. What do you think, Ariel? Um, <laughs> it kind of sounds like Julia Roberts yeah. to me. <laughs> I was thinking mm, maybe Juliette Julia Lewis. Ooh. Not Juliette Lewis. Any other. 
Cameron Diaz. Oh. <laughs> we might be kind of getting locked. closer. You're getting closer <laughs> with Cameron Diaz. Can we hear that clue one more time? Absolutely. Clue three. It's called Travis. And it goes like this. Oh, who's this gent with the shiny windbreaker who just walked into the place? Three wheeling baskets and men a pudding kid with a handsome face. Big hearted, wee high scoring warrior. Oh man, it's so familiar. Is yeah. that like something Tarantino related? I should hope not. Um, I, I definitely don't feel like I've seen this movie. Okay. But that, I, that voice is so familiar. Do you, yeah. guys, do you guys want a clue? Sure. Yes. This is a 2010 movie, and it's about country music. Ooh. Mm. Walk Hard? No, I was thinking of It's not the, a comedy. Uh, it's not a comedy. It's a drama. The, the Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Crazy Heart, wasn't... Um, I can't remember who the, the co-star was. It wasn't... Reese Witherspoon, was it? That kind of sounded like Reese Witherspoon. So cold. We're dead in the water you tonight. You guys are on the right track. Reese Witherspoon was the Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She oh, was, yeah. But, yeah. Walk the line. But, yeah. Walk the line. Walk, walk, say, how do you say that? I think it, well, it's Joaquin Phoenix. Right? Oh, yeah. Walk. <laughs> walk the walk. Um, <laughs> okay, any more clues? Uh, let me think. Um, this person has transitioned from acting since this movie. Not because of this movie. <laughs> Transition from acting has is no longer an actor. Are they a singer? No. Who can say? Did she they, has. Did uh, she die in a few <laughs> movies? No, no. She has a different career. Transition from acting. <laughs> So she's transitioned <laughs> from this mortal plane into a different. She she could be acting in heaven. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. No, she's, she's a, a famous lie. architect. Shit, <laughs> uh, Is it Zoe Deschanel? It is not. Zoe oh, good guess. Good guess. She right. did. She did transition from acting. All right, you guys are. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The 2010 classic Country Strong. Mm. And do we all know who starred in that? No! Yes, <laughs> I, of course I do. But why, why don't you tell Gwyneth us? Paltrow. Oh. That's Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Singing to a, a, a sick Wasn't child. Wasn't she in an Avengers movie, like the biggest movie, like two is years this, ago? This, <laughs> that's her part-time job. She's full-time goop now. This is pre-goop. This is pre-goop. This is pre-goop. This is pre-goop. Uh, there's the transition. Yeah, yeah. The goop transition. I guess she was. She is still acting. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, she was in probably the biggest movie of history. <laughs> we just talked about her in Only our uh, last episode seven. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the box. Dark stuff. Dark stuff. <laughs> Clue four. <laughs> All right, Chris. This, what's your uh, Morgan Freeman impression nah, from the last scene nah, of that film? I got in trouble for that. I think. No. <laughs> Should we hear Clue Four? John Doe's got the upper hand. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do Clue Four, and this one's for all the marbles. There is a bonus voice at the end for bonus millions of points. Clue Four. Wake you up to say goodbye. So kiss me and smile for me. Let me know you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. Cause I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know I'll be back again. Leaving on a jet plane. I don't. Oh, very familiar yet so far away. 
I, know I was about to say song. Joaquin Phoenix in Song to Song. <laughs> Who's the song? Who's, who sings the song? Do we know? <laughs> the bonus voice well. sounds very Stallone. Is that? It's just somebody that's John Goodman. That's pretty cold. That's pretty cold. <laughs> Do you guys want a year on this one? Yeah, yeah. 1998. So right around my best friend's wedding. Perhaps the the summer after right. best friend's wedding was 1997. Can we hear that clue one more yeah, time? I might want to hear it one more time. Clue four. Wake you up to say goodbye. So kiss me and smile for me. Let me know you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. Cause I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know I'll be back again. Leaving on a jet plane. (laughs) Oh man, it, can you give us the I, the bonus actor, and we can work our way I backwards? Think I, I think I might know the bonus actor. I don't know his name. Is it the the Debo from Friday? Nobody has been often confused with the Debo from Friday. It is a very large black man. Yes, that's correct. Michael Clark Duncan. Yes, bonus points oh. awarded. R.I.P. Let's work, let's R.I.P. work our way He's backwards. transitioned from acting to... Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> dying? I don't know. <laughs> Trans- uh, shit. Okay, Can we so, work our way backwards from Michael oh, Clark yeah. Duncan? Um, Airplane. It's, it's not Con Air. Green Mile. No. Um, 90, Wait, so working our way backwards. 98. Uh, singing about airplanes. Michael Clark Duncan. Shit. He might be leaving, but it's not on an airplane. That's a big clue. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. Um, I know the movie. I'm trying to think of who would be singing. This has got to be Armageddon, right? Ah! It is Armageddon. So Could Bruce, I hear the clip one more time? Is it, is, is oh, it Bruce Willis? Willis? Bruce. It is not Bruce Willis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. I, I, now that ben I know Affleck. the movie... Ben I, Affleck! <laughs> it is Ben Affleck oh, and Armageddon. Oh, All right! We did it. We found it. We found it with a huge I knew clip. I recognized <laughs> that. Not an airplane, but... Oh. Don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's singing to Liv Tyler. Um, weird scene. And then everybody joins in. After that, Steve Buscemi starts singing as well. Beautiful but voice. That was too much. I had to cut it off at Michael Clark. I mean, that movie is like terrible, right? <laughs> I haven't seen it since like I was a child. I that think it like, might not be. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, that was also the same summer of Deep Impact, right? Mm-hmm. Like it oh, was like, yeah. That was That's one right. of those things. Deep yeah. Impact, Armageddon. I think this was the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's definitely the Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spies, Small Soldiers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Uh-huh. You're going there? I was going to say Bugs Life Ants, but yeah, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Small Soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> babe and uh, Gordy. You guys yeah, ever right. seen that? Babe and Animal Farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's oh, all. Oh, I can play that game all night. Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot. I did a lot better than I usually do. I'm happy about that. No, you guys are great. Was, right. uh, thank you for indulging. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for putting that together, more. Chris. It's time to jump into the soundtrack. We are jumping back in on track number nine, Mary Chapin Carpenter. I'll never fall in love again. Burst your 
That's what you get for all your trouble. I've never fallen in love. Oh, what do you get when? All right, another Burt Bacharach, <laughs> Dion Warwick. <laughs> Uh, classic, and uh, I think in 1994, Entertainment Weekly dubbed Carpenter the spoke singer for 30-something single women. Mm. Nice. What year? 1994. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do not believe this is in the film. Um, did this is just for, just for fun. Just for fun. <laughs> it, well, it matches, like, the theme, you know what I mean? Tell him. I was going to say, uh, the theme of a cover of a Burt Bacharach song? <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. Of course that's what I meant. We were just like, we don't have enough Burt Bacharach on this album. I mean, we've, had, we've had like uh, some Burt Bacharach songs on episodes before and covers of Burt Bacharach songs, but uh, never in this high concentration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting paid, man. This is a payday for Burt. What do you guys, how do you feel about this cover? I think it's okay. I'm, I'm wondering, was Burt Bacharach one of the people that kind of was relegated to Vegas for like a decade and a half or something and just playing songs there till the end of his days? I, I don't know if he did much um, like performing. I mean, he made so much money in publishing. <laughs> he was like this huge songwriter that I think that he was just like uh, sitting pretty for decades and decades. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking of Austin Powers. Yeah. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I, think he, I think he was part of the Brill building, which was like a collection of songwriters like post Tin Pan Alley. Yeah. Mm. Where a lot of uh, like classic songs got written that have worked their way into the, you know, great American songbook. Yeah. But yeah, man, that guy raking in dough. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it. I, I should say like, I don't, we live in a in an era of like producers, like star producers that are mm-hmm. making songs that are like have a distinct like uh like property to them. It's like you can recognize like certain producers and their songs, but uh it's not the same as songwriting. Like these songs are like still really, really fucking good. Even these uh versions of them. <laughs> I'm gonna withhold judgment on the versions. But uh I you know, I don't wanna sound older than I am, but uh Burt Bacharach makes me like nostalgic for a time that I wasn't even young for. Yeah. And yeah. that these songs are like real, real classics. Did you feel like you were a bit of an old soul listening to some of these <laughs> as a ten year old? Well it's interesting so I uh another album I had had from maybe when I was like seven was like another album of Mary J. Ben Carpenter. So it's super funny that apparently she was like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For like thirty-year-old single women, <laughs> single <laughs> real head start, ten-year-old single women. You know, I don't know if you're single. No, no, no. I mean, well, so now it's like, oh, this is what I was waiting. This <laughs> is just preparing me. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, it's not a great cover. I don't think. No relation to the Carpenters, right? I don't. I, think I don't believe so. so. I yeah, think that zero. Uh, As far as, this isn't maybe one of my favorite covers from this album so far, but I think that of the originals, I'm not very offended by, this is not one of my favorite Burt Bacharach songs. So it's like, even the original is like a little fucking weird. I think the first time like as a kid that I like saw or heard about Burt Bacharach was probably his like cameo in the original Austin Powers. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I, I mean, I knew about him before that, but I definitely had never seen his face or anything. Right. And he's playing on the top of the double-decker bus as they cruise yeah, I remember around. it was like a sad scene. Yeah, yeah. It was like the wistful scene uh, in Austin Powers when he's like, 
Look at all you've what all you've missed, I guess. Didn't we do a fucking Austin Powers episode like <laughs> yeah, two years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done it. Yeah, one of his songs from this soundtrack is in Austin Powers. Oh, okay. <laughs> what yeah, the yeah. world needs now. Yeah, what the world needs now. <laughs> you guys want to hear some of track ten? Let's do it. Yeah, this is it. Sophie Zelmani with Always You. If red roses weren't so lovely, wine didn't taste so good. If stars weren't so romantic, then I could have what I should. It's always you, it's always you Oh, you, it's always you, it's always you Yeah, the song came out in 1995, a couple of years before the movie, and she had a song... Uh, called Standby that was an Independence Day, which was 96. Mm. So that may have gotten uh, some music supervisor attention. And uh, she also had some music in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, everyone's favorite, Dawson's Creek. Ah, that makes sense. That really tracks. Uh, just getting that WB money. <laughs> WB? WB. What happened to WB? It was subsumed by the CW? Yeah, yeah, they merged CW. with uh, UPN. What happened to that little frog? <laughs> uh, let's hope he never hears they, they like killed it. Yeah. <laughs> he killed transitioned. He's transitioned. <laughs> yeah, it's like our Pee Wee Herman word of the episode <laughs> transition. Um, I guess it's as good as time as any to talk about some of the cameos in this movie. There's a lot of fun people in this film. Uh, oh, Paul, yeah. I was shocked to see Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. He, he didn't freak out. No, it, was like, <laughs> it was the first time I've seen a chill Giamatti. What are you doing in the halls? Yeah. <laughs> He was so relaxed. Yeah, he was super chill. I think he popped up in singles, right? When he had like a full head of hair. This is like 50-50. We call this 50-50 Giamatti. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I guess like he had that sweet moment with uh, Julie Roberts um, after she had she knows that Dermot is like (laughs) he, he lost his job and she's like, oh man. I'm just going to see how this plays out. I'm not going to tell him that I was the one that got him fired yet. I'm going to smoke outside the hotel room door in the hallway of the Drake Hotel Chicago, which I feel like is the hotel that's mentioned in so many movies. Mm. Anytime a character's in Chicago, it's like, oh, in the Drake Hotel Chicago. Yeah, Mm. it's the classic uh, Mm. right on the water, I suppose. But I mean, this was right at the cusp when you could like smoke indoors and people wouldn't be like, what the fuck he does he does say it's a non-smoking floor Mm -hmm, which means there are floors in this hotel where you can just smoke in the hallway yeah i remember that i'm I'm old enough to have uh flown on like international flights where there was a smoking section on the airplane like like that makes sense (laughs) like oh no so there's a line here so if you're above the line you don't have to deal with the smoking my dad told me stories about that in the, in the 80s, you know, late 80s, early 90s, he's like, you know, the plane would take off and we'd all be in the back and we'd just light up. Yeah, yeah. we just smoked the whole flight. Oh, what a paradise, man. <laughs> so, yeah, smoker's paradise. It was insane. It's like, uh, it, it was very much like people were acting like they were on like the Trans-Siberian like, Express, like they were like on the smoking car. But you're like, you're right there, man. You're like five feet away from me. I'm a little kid just like... <laughs> Also in the movie, we've got uh, Emmett Walsh. Uh, oh yeah, he comes in on the uh, you know the the karaoke part. The, uh, yeah. we'll talk. We'll talk about that part later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to some Emmett Walsh and uh, Christopher Masterson, uh, Francis from um, Malcolm in the Middle. We mm-hmm. talked about him. I remember running and into Harry him in a, a bar in L.A. Oh like, yeah, uh, one a long time ago. Oh man, when he was still 
riding high. Yeah. From, uh, <laughs> the middle. And the WB money, man. No. <laughs> that was Fox. That was Fox. Might have been Fox. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the uh, the Harry Shearer cameo. I thought that was great. That was good. I wonder I wonder why he had that cameo. He's like an He's a returning a favor. Yeah. I think that's right. So or he's, he's just like around that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Harry, get in here. <laughs> you guys want to hear some track eleven? Sure. Yeah. This is Jimmy Soul with If You Wanna Be Happy. This song continues to blow my mind. Uh, my my best friend's dad growing up used to sing this song in the car all the time, and it definitely weirded out everybody. Oh, man. And, I mean, this song has sold over one million records. Yeah. Dude, the, uh, the, it, pr- the production is it, flawless. It went gold. It went it's, gold. It's an amazing song. And like I said earlier, I love a song that gives like clear advice. This is like right up my alley. But I definitely yes. remember being a very young child and like listening to the song and being into it and, and like looking up on my mom and just having her like just kind of have this look on her face like uh do i need to talk to my son <laughs> my dad's probably like hey ca-ca, ca-ca. <laughs> this would be some real hacker work to get this into the great american songbook yeah. <laughs> it's uh you know it what is it <laughs> This yeah. movie star is Julie. <laughs> oh yeah, the like, two most beautiful women like in the world. In, in the context of this movie, it's very unclear on what this song would be even yeah. referring to. God, no idea. Yeah. That like Julia Rob, oh poor second place Julia Roberts versus uh, Cameron Diaz. Your wife. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> They're like, no, don't date, date either. <laughs> yeah. Clean slate. Start again. <laughs> Just, oh my God. I think the, yeah, Jimmy Soul had kind of like a rough life, struggled with addiction, mm. died of a heart attack when he was like 45. Jesus. Yeah. Did he have any other hits besides this? Not that I know of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> it's a fun song. Like, Dude, it is. This song it, fucking yeah. slaps. Yeah. It's also not surprising they couldn't convince anybody to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> What song? Ah, <laughs> I know. Ah, I'm ah. looking at the lyrics here. I just don't. I just don't know. A song that's never been covered. <laughs> Something I don't think we've ever said on track listing before. Is this, this movie is not even, or this song is not even in the movie, right? Or it is not. So. Yeah. But is it in Runaway Bride? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It also would not have made any sense in the context of that. Well, I guess they're like, she keeps leaving you. Maybe married someone else. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. I feel like it might also be on the Runaway Bride. I feel like it is. I feel like I've, I've seen it in the like playing in the film. I'm trying to. I want to make a joke about the movie that this song would fit into, and my brain just can't even do it. This song just continues to baffle me. I, I don't understand. It just. I you know I I the song doesn't pop up much, you know, in in the world we're living in. Uh, but I was happy to hear it. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever heard the recorded version. I'm only familiar with my best friend's dad 
in childhood singing, singing it. it. Yeah. So it was very oh, weird to like actually hear the he song. He was singing it a cappella. He was singing it a cappella. He wasn't <laughs> oh, singing okay. along. I missed that as well. We'd be like <laughs> on a road trip and he would, you know. Do the dumb and dumber kind of thing. If your if your husband starts singing this song, yeah, and it was while well, yeah, while in she your was mind, in the car. You, you would have to do the math of like, does it mean that I'm ugly and he's happy, or is he <laughs> unhappy. unhappy because I'm beautiful? There's like no good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't work. It's terrible. And he's just like, kids, come in. <laughs> it does. It does remind me the first time my parents sang. Uh, like that Randy Newman song, short people have no reason to <laughs> yeah. live. I yeah, was, yep. I was so angry at them. I was like, "You are making this up." <laughs> short people. <laughs> Surely that's not a uh, a real song, right? You guys made that up, right? Yeah. But like, uh, like a star. <laughs> oh, you don't know this, but uh, <laughs> we're recently hanging out. We're a little inebriated, and uh, one of us was doing like a Randy Newman impression that went for. <laughs> A long time. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, come on, guy. It wasn't that long. It was good. It was I was good. on a roll. <laughs> I lifted it from Will Sasso on the Mad TV days. <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, boy. If you want to have a happy life. <laughs> yeah, both of those songs. Both of those songs. Crazy. Oh, oh my God. Randy Newman covering this song would be fucking sick. Over one. Oh, my God. Next track. Next track. Track 12. The cast of My Best Friend's Wedding with I Say a Little Prayer. The moment I wake up Before I put on my makeup I say a little prayer for you Walk home in my hair now I'm wondering what dress to wear now I say a little prayer for you Forever and ever Oh man, what is this universe where <laughs> you would be at like Joe's Crab Shack? <laughs> Yeah. And, well, and everyone in the restaurant first of all, would know the lyrics to this Dion Warwick song. <laughs> Famous Chicago lobster. Yeah. Barry uh, Kudas or something. People, there's what? people wearing like lobster claws that are yeah. right there. And they're like, hey. uh, the servers are fishermen. Yeah. By far my favorite scene from the movie. And it's a movie that it's a scene that's so contrived that it shouldn't work, but they there's a thing about this movie where I think it is kind of modeled on like a like a, you know, Catherine Hepburn like kind of like a fast talking like hollywood like everything is heightened in this movie mm -hmm. it's not even by 90 standards i don't think that it's supposed to be like a kind of a realistic world there's a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of breaking out into the song and i think that it's actually handled really well and uh it also is a great scene in that george is a man who's been put in this uncomfortable position where julia roberts his terrible friend mm -hmm. has like roped him into this lie and he is torturing her by yeah. making up this weird story. They're pretending to be in a relationship yeah. during this. Well, this is the 90s. People haven't heard of gay people <laughs> yet. So it's like... This is a little bit of like a birdcage kind of moment. <laughs> it, actually, this, this movie made me appreciate the birdcage even more. And that it was a film that was like had the guts to 
have main characters that were gay mm-hmm. that were their own characters they weren't just like trying to like serve somebody else's narrative of like ruining some poor guy's wedding <laughs> uh but this scene this seems fucking great and uh this this version um uh, usually like whenever a apart from a movie like the audio from a movie ends up on a soundtrack it's like kind of a bummer but i think that this version is actually better than the cover at the top of the soundtrack co-signed yeah Yeah. i'd agree i i didn't know if this movie quite earned (laughs) earned this yet i had seen this scene and not remembered that it was like you know again i thought i was watching runaway bride for Um, like when is she gonna Run away. <laughs> if you see that scene and then you like, and you haven't seen the movie, you assume the movie is more magical and more, as I said, yeah. Mamma Mia esque and like right. there would be more dance numbers. This comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we're this is like an hour and ten minutes <laughs> into the movie. There's nothing leading up to this that like, oh, we live in like a fantastical <laughs> world. No, it's very like by the books, you know, whatever. And then I was like, what is, what is, what is happening in this thing? Because I don't know. There was no buildup to it, but I, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, just more evidence that late 90s movies are insane and that they thought they could do uh, everything. Well, <laughs> you know, like Cameron Diaz's family's, uh, you know, like I, be, I feel like every character in the movie is like a huge Dionne Warwick fan. <laughs> That's true. It's just unexplicably. But, but in this scene, at one point, Someone's like, "What song?" And they're like, "It's, yeah, the it's kid, Dionne the, Warwick." And, and they're so all it's like, like Whitney Houston's uh, aunt. Yeah, which is true. That <laughs> is true. Yeah, it's Francis. That's like, who's Dionne Warwick? And they're like, you idiot. <laughs> and like, what? They all know all the lyrics. Yeah. Emmett Walsh is like, uh, I, I can't even. I can't even repeat this. Like, because it's yeah, a difficult and, song. And Walsh, the bad guy from Blood Simple comes <laughs> on the on the chorus. But uh. <laughs> Lovely voice. Lovely voice. <laughs> if I get works for me, man, I do say it probably like lit a fuse uh, on a lot of bridal party like bad behavior in the real world, <laughs> and then they're like, "We got, we have the biggest table in the restaurant. Let's just start, <laughs> let's start singing. Everybody's gonna love it." <laughs> Uh, that would be charming. I did, I did like We're the, in Chicago. the employees with the lobster claws <laughs> chiming in. <laughs> I was trying to figure out like uh, it works in like a musical number, but. Are they like hostesses? They're forced to wear the claws because they can't be serving with the claws. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like Jennifer Aniston's there was character like in the office space where she's like, I can't fucking yeah, wear these lobster claws anymore, them. man. They don't make me wear them, but they kind of make me wear them. Yeah. At least two lobster claws. Yeah, at least Minimum two of two lobster, lobster claws. claws. <laughs> Brian, Brian wears ten lobster claws. Weird wiry lobsters coming out of the Great Lakes like Michigan lobster. Oh, God. <laughs> Guys, we're coming in on the last track. All right. Track number 13. This is James Newton Howard with Sweet from My Best Friend's Wedding. little bit of score james newton howard also doing the score for pretty woman also starring julie roberts nice. and um space jam <laughs> and julie roberts is 
not in that. I don't think <laughs> she's no. not in that. Six Sense. <laughs> she plays Lola Bunny. Bunny. <laughs> she does a voice. Lola Bunny. Yeah, she plays <laughs> one of the monsters. Uh, <laughs> the score in this movie is uncredited. Fucking insane. I, it, it's. I've had to like hold myself back from like talking about this entire episode, but like it is fucking bananas. The score comes like flying in mm. scenes. Yeah. Like it's so loud. I don't. I watched. I watched, it's on Amazon. If you guys mm. want to watch the movie, I think that it's. I don't. I think it's a normal cut, and the score is fucking bananas, yeah. and it makes me feel like I'm watching like Amadeus, where uh, <laughs> there comes like Julia Roberts comes rushing in like down like a fucking hotel hallway, and there's this huge like score. There's like fucking a million strings behind her. Yeah, a lot of strings. Yeah. Really weird. Remember that old like Maxell ad for uh, like tape cassettes? It's I'm the guy sorry. sitting on the couch and his hair is flying back. Yeah. <laughs> is that you watching the movie last night? Yeah, I mean it. Like I said, I think it, it adds to a little bit of the heightened reality that maybe you know would make the uh, the sing along scene seem like a little bit more in the world, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. But uh, I, I had a hard time. It's been a long time since the '90s, and I was like, <laughs> I don't remember noticing this before. Was everything this fucking crazy? And probably that was the case. I I didn't find I, it that. I you didn't know. think that was that weird? I don't know. Was, this like uh, it is very like. It's almost Marshall. Yeah. Like, it's, how it's, do you mean Marshall? What does that mean? Like a Warlike. like a military. Oh. Like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like we're watching fucking Patton. Yeah, she, she's like here to sabotage a wedding. I mean, she's <laughs> she's at war. You know what I mean? This is a winner take all. <laughs> I just I can't get over the lengths that she went to. And although, okay, if I could talk about this. Uh, it's she didn't really seem to have a ton of contact with Dermot Mulroney until like this thing kind of popped in her head. Right. Um, I, I felt that this was one of those relationships that's like, well, I don't really want to date the guy, but now that I see that he's dating somebody else, now I'm kind of interested and it, vice versa. It, I is, guess. it is a weird thing where they keep saying he's my best friend, but he's getting married and she like hasn't returned his calls for like a month yeah and yeah like, she's like been on a book tour maybe that's why <laughs> or know, like you know a restaurant you, you never know. you never have any downtime during like a book tour there's lonely nights at the hotel like you're busy you know yeah, yeah. why would i call my best friend yeah. but now yeah. her ears kind of perked up once, honestly uh, yeah this know, is like before Candy Crush, I feel like everybody had time to do everything. Like, I don't know, what are you doing in the 90s? Yeah, you, have your, you have your daily correspondence. Like, it, there is a little bit, um, there's a lot of, like, they have cell phones, but they're calling their answering machines to get the messages, which was, like, a very short window. Yeah, yeah uh, very primitive. Yeah. It was very <laughs> I was having, like, in my head, I was, like, doing the math. I was like, is this really? And I was like, yeah, man. This was the age where cell phone cases was it was this weird leather thing that you put on mm. i don't even know why the leather doesn't protect the weird gross plastic <laughs> it's not like an iphone that's like a cool thing like cell phones were fucking gross and made out of like this textured plastic i don't know why they had leather on them but then you had your answer machine at home mm-hmm. one of my friends from houston is still rocking one of those phones he's like <laughs> figured out how to make it work to this day and i'm like dude you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna get cancer okay. <laughs> a nokia or something or the actual flip phone an old old like first generation flip phone nice oh, dude. i'm like dude what that's are you, a choice what are you doing? What are that's you doing, a, it's it's yeah. making us what what for us i think there's like even the meme is about the the like old nokia ones that are indestructible but that's like 
like five years after this phone. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Nobody's nostalgic for those fucking terrible phones. I remember my parents had one of those like Lebowski phones when I was growing up. It was like it's like an army size phone. It was like the first cell phone that you'd like carry around over your shoulder. It's like a military surplus. <laughs> Hand crank it. Yeah. Yeah. There's also this is not that long after the, the whole car phone thing. Car which phones. Was, which was that was yeah. a a short lived thing. Call me on the car. Or wait, no, fax me at the restaurant. I'll be there. <laughs> the, okay, the email scene, uh, we got to talk about for a sec. Mm. Uh, that I guess Dermot Mulroney's character gets physical copies of the faxes that were e- also emails. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, I got this. Um, this was a fax from my boss that I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, so she, she writes an email from uh, the billionaire father of Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz. Mm-hmm. But she she doesn't send it. Correct. She wants to just put it in the the draft <laughs> folder. She, the draft folder. Yeah, she has like second thoughts, so she she's like, no, I'm not going to send it. And then it comes up a thing. It's like delete or save, save and for she, later. She's like, oh, I don't know, yeah. maybe I'll save it for later. But then she's trying to break back in. She wants him to see the draft. She doesn't want the draft to be sent. Oh, is that why she's like banging on the door? I think. I think she's just banging on the door because she wants him to see it so that she'll be with, he'll be with her instead of Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz. Because, oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, everybody knows if you break up with your fiance, you just get back with the, like, woman you liked before her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> but, how it works, right? <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, she's banking on that pretty hard. But then, yeah, they can't get in. Yeah. And uh, that guy, the billionaire, the yeah. owner of the White Sox, <laughs> Mr. Wallace, is <laughs> like, I have a couple of draft emails. Can you send them for me? He he, he tells that to like his employee, yeah. which is also it's a wild. That's tradition. a crazy idea. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of drafts in my uh, I you know, Gmail. I, Just send those out. I, I wish that leave. I had a secretary. If I had a secretary. <laughs> So many of my email drafts would get sent, and it's like I just don't have the time to do it. It's wild. He just walks away with his briefcase. He's like, "Yeah, a couple of drafts, send them off, send those out." You're right. That was such a weird. Like, I was in the middle of a game of Minesweeper. If you could just finish that for me, solve it, or die. Let me know how it happens. Let me know if I win or not. I gotta go home. I know what. Kimberly, um, Cameron Diaz's character, uh, was almost um, Drew Barrymore. She she came very close to to being uh, that character, which I don't know if it would have worked as well. I love I love Drew Barrymore. I feel like Drew Barrymore is a very similar type to Julia. Ro- Maybe I'm just think they're brunettes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're both like lovable and a little bit quirky, and right. they really play up Julia Roberts' clumsiness in this. <laughs> like she's falling out of chairs and like. <laughs> Taking out uh, servers with trays and stuff constantly. But like Cameron Diaz is like a very different type from Julia Roberts in a way that I don't feel like. Like if you're, if you used to be in love with Julia Roberts and now you're marrying Drew Barrymore, you're like, I'm looking for this, but it's a different person. Whereas if you're. It would have been, if it had been Kira Sedgwick, that would have been fucking crazy. (laughs) I'd be like, wait, is this the same person? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were saying that Drew Barrymore is like. Uh, it makes more sense. It would. It would be like. It would be like he was looking for a Julia Roberts type. Whereas, yeah. like Cameron Diaz, is, he's like, no, I don't want that. I want this. I'm a changed man. I'm into college girls now. I'm matured. I'm matured. We dated when you were 20, but now I'm in love with a girl who's 20. <laughs> yeah, rest of development sort of thing. Yeah. 
Well, uh, that's all I was going to say, but uh, thank you. Great, great soundtrack, by great the way. Yeah, great, great pick. Great pick. Great pick. Thank you. Is the soundtrack ready? It's time to decide. Uh, we do have to rate and review the soundtrack out of, oh, shit. Zero to 15 ooh, uh, ooh. unsent email drafts. Uh, email what, drafts. What, what, what should we rate this as? What do you think? Probably uh, drafts of emails. Drafts of emails. Um, <laughs> little prayers for you. Uh, zero to 15 Warwicks. Warwicks. Like Michigan Backracks. lobsters. <laughs> zero to 15 Backracks. Lobsters. How about Burt's? We'll do 15 Burt's. Yeah. Do 15 out of 15 Burt's. <laughs> I think uh, there was one song that was written by a different Burt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Burt Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pin name. Yeah, Burt Russell. Burt Russell. Burt Russell. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can lead off if you guys don't mind. Or? Yeah, go for it. Out of fifteen, uh, zero to fifteen. This is uh, it's interesting. Oh, and favorite song, least favorite song as well. Favorite song, least favorite song. That's like probably a good place to start because I think definitely easily my most favorite song would be "What the World Needs Now Is Love" by Jackie DeShannon. Um, there's a lot of great songs on here. That is like one of the few kind of original versions, classic versions, and that is a great song. I love Burt Backrack, and that's like one of my favorite songs of his. Uh, least favorite. Oh, that's a tough one. The Jimmy Soul song. It's it's so offensive, but I love it. I can't. I can't like. <laughs> I probably have to go with "I Say a Little Prayer" by Diana King, because the song is like one of my favorite songs, and the version is to my ear pretty brutal. The reggae mix. Yeah, the reggae mix. There is a dance mix of that song. Mm-hmm. I will say. How how is the dance mix? Check it out. <laughs> See for yourself. Let me know. Listeners, right in. Out of 15 Burt's, I will give this 7.2 Burt's. 7.2. Okay. I right. do. Uh, it right was a very middle. fun soundtrack to listen to, and it was a very fun movie to watch. And I think I probably enjoyed the movie more than I enjoyed listening to the soundtrack. Okay. All right. Okay. Who would like to go next? I can go. I, uh, I, I, I had a little bit of trouble getting to this movie. It was longer than I thought. Like it felt. You doing all right, Chris? I don't know, man. <laughs> um, sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating, man. It's hot. Um, I did enjoy the soundtrack, though. I think uh, trying to put myself uh, as a ten year old with a Walkman, um, and I think this has got some good replay value. It's it's a it's a movie that um, music is incorporated quite a bit in it, but not necessarily in the way you normally see in a soundtrack. Uh, they talk a lot about music. Uh, there's kind of these overarching themes of songs, which I love. Uh, so because of that, I think I'm going to have to give it a pretty high rating. Uh, my favorite song, I think Tell Em by The Exciters is a great song. Um, I've always sort of loved that. Uh, so, you know, top 95 songs I've heard by female groups. Uh, what was the <laughs> ranking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd say least favorite has got to be... I think Always You by Sophie Zelmani. Um, there were a couple, like, kind of coffee house Come on, bull man. crap songs. Come on, Indie I, musician of her day. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of didn't hate that. I mean, I didn't hate it. I have, like, I a soft spot for, we should say, a Swedish artist doing country songs <laughs> because, like, some of the pronunciation just, like, hits wrong at points. And you, like, yeah. stand up straight for a second. <laughs> But all in all, I think a solid soundtrack, and of course, the Say a Little Pray For You was uh, twice on it, which I think is uh, warranted. So I'm going to give it an 11.6. 11.6. 11.6 Burts. Burts. All right, Ariel, how do you feel? I mean, it's tough, because definitely 10-year-old Ariel would give this 15 out of 15 Burts. Well, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, 15 out of 15 birds. No one's ever said that before. I love it. Uh, but uh, as an adult, I, I don't know. It. I mean, it's it's fun. It's a lot of bird pack rack. Uh, <laughs> it is a lot of bird. I, I don't know. Um, it, it's a lot of, like, second best covers that's probably being generous. <laughs> it's very fair. <laughs> Uh, Do so, not be ashamed to. If you want to give yeah. it fifteen birds, nobody, yeah, nobody's going to say no nostalgia. I'm going to give it fifteen out of fifteen birds. Hey, 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 that's a that's perfect, our first perfect, perfect score. <laughs> fifteen out of fifteen birds. Um, and yeah, I think Ani DeFranco's "Wishing and Hoping" is my favorite song. Yeah, and song. I really didn't like the scoring, so I'm going to give. The sweet from my best friend's wedding. I think technically, if you give a soundtrack the fifteen, big, I don't think you can up. pick a least favorite track. That's well, not a James Newton Howard. <laughs> a fourteen point nine is the sweet. Yeah. Sorry, James Newton Howard. All right, Nikki, how did you feel about this? Cry the yourself in all, to sleep in all of your money. Like I'm sure he's yeah. doing. Wham, wham. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the WB money. Yeah. Zero to fifteen birds or favorite track, least favorite track. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite track is track seven, Tony Bennett, "The Way You Look Tonight." I think that's a great standard. Yeah. Um, well, that's our song. That's also Caleb's a nice song. Yeah. Can I borrow it real quick? Do you guys mind? <laughs> you can have it. Yeah. I mean, Until if, you find yours. If I can stand next to you and watch you dance. <laughs> Leave the wedding, Julia. Leave the wedding. Oh my god. Oh my god. If you're a if you're a fan of jazz music, uh, Brad Meldow has a great cover of uh, the way you look tonight on uh, his Live at the Village Vanguard album. Check that out. And my least favorite track. I'm going to say is track five, Nikki Holland. I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Something about the vocal on that song really uh, rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. It's yeah. probably the way that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No bueno. <laughs> but uh, right. zero to 15 Burt's, uh, very enjoyable film. I thought the soundtrack was very fun to listen to. The soundtrack on its own would be pretty stinky, in my opinion. <laughs> Okay. But uh, because of the way it functions with the movie, I think it works really well. So I'm going to come in at a 9.4 Burt's. All right. Oh, All right. Nice. Pretty solid ratings overall. That's yeah. good. Good pick. Good pick. 15 out of 15 Burt's, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's going to throw our average off for sure. Those <laughs> <laughs> so keeping score at home. Yeah. All right. We do need to move into our recommended track. All right. I can lead off if you guys don't mind. Sure. So uh, we're talking about our favorite, one of our favorite karaoke tracks, and uh, I've got a little bit of a deep voice that's very limited in its range. And uh, that's a lovely baritone. Thank mm. you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I find myself relegated to a lot of um, Neil Diamond songs, and I'm not a big Sweet Caroline fan, but I do like a lot of early Neil Diamond. And my recommendations from 1966, one of his early songs called Cherry Cherry. Girl, I can't stay long We got things we gotta catch up on mm-hmm. You know you know what I'm saying Can't stand still while the music is playing
All right, thank you, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love that Neil Diamond song. Neil Diamond was also one of the songwriters in the uh, the the Brill Building. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the old days, him, Carol King, a lot of those like great songwriters. Yeah, I just love this idea of people like in Midtown Manhattan, like rolling into like a thirty rock style building to like go into work and go into the office and write these hit songs in an office <laughs> like with the weird office lights and there's just like a piano with like some staff paper and you gotta like sit there and be creative under this weird light yeah. and the water cooler <laughs> yeah, you just meet at what the are you water working cooler. on yeah, yeah. I got this like chorus ah. uh, I don't know can't get it together I'm trying to write for the monkeys <laughs> that's, that's it man that's what they're talking about do the lyrics of that song make it easy to sing uh karaoke wise i think a lot of cherry one of the cherry. nice things about uh car- like you want to pick a song that has not that many like fast lyrics where there's a lot of songs that i love but it's like if they're really rattling off a bunch of shit it's yeah. going to be a pain in the ass yeah, yeah. and one of the nice things about like old neil diamond songs it's like kind of stretched out it's very leisurely and it's all right in there, right in that range. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, what do you got for us, Chris? Uh, I've got a song. So, karaoke. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Karaoke. Karaoke. Uh, I am from Texas, and that is a uh, is a big part of our culture. Is to uh, <laughs> I think it's Japanese, actually. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in Texas, the karaoke style, it's like everyone's been working on a song all week and you go to the bar and this is your performance and people are good people drive in from the mid cities and they sing and they're beautiful voices i do not um and like the place i uh i sang this next song was a place called the poop deck in fort worth shout out uh it's a great karaoke place but everyone there is like a regular and it's mostly country songs and I wanted to sing uh, Dan Hartman's I Can Dream About You, uh, which we're going to hear. And it really took the air out of the room. <laughs> and um, the, the DJ who was there always for karaoke night leans, <laughs> leans over to me afterwards and he's like, where was the heart? Where was the heart? <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then like, I sat down next to my friends and everyone was like, that comment would have scarred me for life no, uh, yeah, it cut me deep I remember it today <laughs> alright let's hear uh, so just imagine me singing this poorly <laughs> if we can no That, uh, that funky guitar. Dude, it's a great song. And I, <laughs> right. I The key to karaoke is everyone has to also know the song, too. And mm. when you do these deep cuts that no one, like, really cares about, not that this is that deep of a cut, but no one no one likes it. <laughs> the the I key like to karaoke. The key the to karaoke. Key to karaoke. I like that song quite a bit, but I can I can imagine you singing it poorly and that only best. <laughs> no, longer than I thought it was. You know, you're up there oh, for yeah. a while. That's like a real problem. Yeah. You don't want to pick like a long one. When it's like 18, 18, <laughs> like measure bridge. And you're like, uh, standing there, sipping a beer. Yeah, no heart. I had no heart in it. But. <laughs> no heart. 
That's from the soundtrack for the Streets of Fire movie. Um, so of maybe fire. we'll have to do that's the 1984 action crime movie with Willem Dafoe. I remember that song very vividly from my childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great. I, I love Dan Hartman. Uh, I think he also did something for the Saint Almost Fire soundtrack. But. <laughs> Ariel, what do you got for us? Okay, so this is very controversial. Um, <laughs> We're all about it. <laughs> yeah, no, let's, uh, I'm let's such unpack a, it. I'm such an edgelord. But, like uh, Gary Glitter. <laughs> I, <laughs> Here we go. Oh, God. R. Kelly? So, I mean, I think, well, okay. I, uh, I think sometimes I'm, not, I'm also not a good singer. That seems to be a theme. And one uh, strategy that you can employ in karaoke is you pick a song that seems like something you would never listen to in a million years. Mm. And then people are just like so surprised that you know it that they're like, cool. (laughs) Respect, respect. Although in New York, I feel like they just wouldn't know the song. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I picked... um, a Toby Keith song called I Want to Talk About Me, which also another advantage is it's a lot of uh, talk singing. Oh, nice. So, uh, one of our favorites here at Track <laughs> Should we hear a little bit of that? Let's yeah. do it. God knows we're going to talk about your clothes. You know, talking about you makes me smile. But every once in a while, I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 you believe. But occasionally, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about me. Oh. I've got to see a rendition of you singing this. I, this is amazing. One, one day. I mean, I do think... Planet really, Rose in East Village is open for business. <laughs> I'm not really redeeming myself from my bad days. I'm just happy that he wasn't singing about the Taliban or whatever. Right, no, this was, this was before <laughs> he was like hired by the CIA to promote war criminality. <laughs> It's a deep <laughs> undercover wet work. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, mean, I don't know if that's like I don't know if they had like a handshake deal or something, but he yeah. like definitely after nine eleven there were like a lot of very explicit uh shoving boots in people's asses and stuff. Yeah, like, lighting up your country like the fourth of July, that sort of thing. That sounds like Abu Ghraib is not her fault. <laughs> like that's not even Listen, I just want to talk about me right now. <laughs> uh, that's pretty fun. I like I like the um, the message of that song too. You know I mean? like, look, talking about everything is great, but sometimes I want to talk about me, which is what karaoke is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely not like sexist and like, oh, she wants to talk about everything, but occasionally let the man talk. <laughs> Oh, that's a great pick. We gotta, we gotta go to karaoke right after that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Ariel. Yeah, thank you. All right, Nikki, bring us home. What do you got? All right, for my well, karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> the musician, please go ahead. I mean, there's kind of two approach. You know, I'm not a singer by any stretch of the imagination, and you know, you can either pick a song that's maybe easy to sing at karaoke, or you can pick a song that is extremely, extremely difficult mm-hmm. to pull off. And uh, sometimes I go the extremely difficult route. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Wait, is this uh, an 80s song? 
this is a song from the 80s, yes. Okay, okay. This is Whitney Houston with I Want to Dance with Somebody. Nice. So let's hear a little bit of that and we'll talk about it. My dream ending for this movie would kind of have this song <laughs> playing over the you know the last scene, but uh, Dionne Warwick's niece. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that song was written by George Merrill, Shannon Rubicam, Boy Meets Girl, and uh, they had originally written "How Will I Know" for Whitney uh, previous mm-hmm. to that, mm-hmm. and uh, they were working on the follow-up to "How Will I Know," and they had pitched Whitney a song they had written called "Waiting for a Star to Fall" that. Whitney did not go for that they ended up using for themselves. Great song. Mm. Great song. But um, after they got turned down, you know, they kind of kept going. They came up with this song and they played it for Clive Davis. Clive Davis loved the track. And their uh, Whitney's producer at the time, uh, Narada Michael Walden, thought the song was too country. Mm. And uh, which is something we heard. Yeah, I know. What, what? Yeah. So <laughs> two country. I, I, had, I pulled up the demo. We can hear a little bit of their original demo. See if you think it sounds a little too country. But you know, we had talked about the uh, the Burt Bacharach track for Jackie DeShannon that Dionne Warwick thought was too country. Yeah, I just I love just this wanna... thing that happens where people get pitched songs and they're like too country. Too I country. Say and the, it, but it ends up being this huge hit. As an aside, that uh, you know Whitney Houston's biggest hit, uh, "I Will Always Love You." Was a fucking country song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most country song. Yeah, yeah. Dionne War- Dion Warwick ended up recording that song that she thought was too country. Well, here's the uh, a bit of the original demo from uh, Boy Meets Girl for I Want to Dance with Somebody. that fucking toby keith that's so country i could hear you know if i was if i was narada michael walden i could maybe hear the song being you know it could difficult to imagine whitney singing it because it's maybe like a little rock or something but no i mean i don't know but you know the vocals are different yeah. But you have to imagine Whitney that, Houston. That's the part you get to redo. <laughs> I mean, I think I think they knew her vocal range from having yeah. worked with her before, which is kind of cool because the the demo and the released version are in the same key. Mm. You know, usually that gets adjusted so it fits the vocalist. You know, in the, their range. The instrumentation is very not country on that. <laughs> also he's talking about dancing which is not very country and you're so right it's like you know it's you singing right like, if it's too country you get to do it this time I mean you know fun fact also uh, Randy Jackson is playing a synth bass mm, on, nice. on the uh, on the Whitney track and it ended up being a huge hit and I think the producer just eventually slept on it and was like you know he woke up and was like you know what I think maybe Clive Davis is right <laughs> I'm going to listen to Clive because Clive has 
got me a lot of work, and uh, we're just going to dive in. And this song's right in your cue zone, right? You, this is right in your vocal range. Uh, <laughs> oh, so difficult. I will butcher this song. Do live. you do falsetto the whole time? Or can you hit those high notes? No, man, I go baritone. You go baritone? You go two octaves <laughs> lower? It's very disturbing. I want to dance with somebody. Just kind of wander around the bar. My yeah. favorite line was like, don't you want to dance? <laughs> don't you want to dance? <laughs> don't you want to dance? <laughs> Guys, that is the soundtrack hey, to my best friend's right. wedding. Big thanks to our guest, Ariel Dundas. Thank and you so much for coming. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you for visiting us. Where can our listeners find you? Um, I'm very active on Twitter, yeah. but uh, I also have an Instagram and a TikTok. Nice. Yeah. What's your uh, Twitter handle? <laughs> uh, it's at Ariel Dundas, A R I E L L E D U N D A S. Same on all the platforms. Okay. I'm the only one. <laughs> all right. We'll give her a follow, listeners. And thanks yeah. again for being here. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in with us this week. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Thank you guys for listening. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and wherever podcasts are sold. Whose pick is it next week? I think it's I your think it pick. might be my pick. I think it's your pick, Nick. Any ideas? I want to get into some territory that maybe we haven't explored. Uh, a movie with Nicolas Cage. There's some cars involved. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have any ideas? Pretty wild movie. Eight millimeter. <laughs> Gone in sixty seconds. Gone in sixty seconds. That'll be a great pick. That'll be so, a fun episode. Uh, watch the movie with us this week and uh, tune in. All right, sounds good. Tune in. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.